Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. Right, you're here in the 28 to 3 podcast, episode two. You're here with Corey, Max, and Nick. All right, guys, let's get into some topics. First uh, thing I'm thinking about NFL owners meeting is probably the only thing going on of note right now. You know, pretty dull time in the offseason. The draft's still a little bit of ways away, but there were some nuggets that came out of the owners meeting. I mean, you had Dennis Allen talking about Mike Thomas, you had some rules that were approved by the owners. Some of them are not bad. But then there's others that I hate that maybe Max doesn't and maybe Nick kind of feels like meh about. But, you know, what, Max, what do you what do you think about those? Well, the two that are really catching my attention, one is the, uh, the cut down. So we're going to one singular cut down after the third preseason game, and it's going to go from 90 to 53. I'd love this. The, uh, the multiple cut-down days never made any sense to me. I'm, I'm just – I'm a big fan of this this adjustment. But there's so much more drama for hard knocks when there's multiple times of cut-downs. I guess. I'll be honest with you. I've never <laughs> seen an episode. doesn't interest me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't watch it either. But, I, I mean, I've saw a couple of clips, and, you know, they, they have multiple more rounds to say, well, we got to talk to this guy. But everybody knows the end of that story when someone wants to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this though. The uh, the one that excites me, and it's it's not as important as any of the rule changes, but uh, the number zero, I love it. College rolled it out, I think, two seasons ago. I think the number zero is a really cool looking number, and I'm excited to see Darnell Washington hopefully rocking that number for the Saints. Yeah, Calvin you, really you, picked it for the Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, you, you let you let me right into that with Big O with Darnell. I mean, look, this is a Saints pod. I'm a diehard Saints fan. I even got my Hudak car from 1987, but I did go to college at the University of Georgia. So, were you alive in 1987? Yeah, I was. Thanks, thanks. I was okay. actually in the Just dome checking. Just checking. in 1987. But you know, but as a uh, you know, a couple of Homer Homer takes here, I do want to see Big O from UGA drafted by our Saints, and if he is, and he's not wearing number zero, there will be a problem. Agent Zero, baby. So I'm happy about that rule change. Are we getting into the draft? No, no, no. Okay. Not yet, not yet. We'll get into the draft in the uh, the week, two weeks before the uh, the actual draft. We'll have an offensive preview and a defensive preview, so we'll hold off on that. Yeah, or at least more in, more in depth. I mean, there's no way that draft talk doesn't come up in this, but... Well, I know Nick has some strong feelings about the rules changes, so we should probably uh, let him speak his piece on this. I've read zero rule changes. I'm unconcerned about it. Yeah, tell us how how entertained you are about all the uh, riveting topics coming out of the NFL owners meeting, Nick. Number zero. I'm super pumped. (laughs) Man, you got to admit it's going to be cool, though. Someone posted, I think I saw it on Reddit, and it was a Falcons jersey. It had the number zero, and the name on the back of the jersey said rings. That is just pretty gold. Yep. I, I, I do have bone to pick with one of these rules because, or I'll just lead with what the rule is rule change a launch which is a personal foul 15 yard penalty is now if a player leaves one or both feet so before a launch was if you leave both feet that's how it read both feet off the ground you're jumping into somebody with both feet with your head now it's one or both i mean 
we're talking about a situation where I think last year, the year before, there's never been more criticism on the, not the calls themselves, but just the overall quality of NFL officiating. And so we're taking a product in NFL officiating that is already subject to a lot of criticism, already a consensus problem. I think the and we're making issue, it we're making it harder on them. Right. I think the biggest issue with the officiating was how they interpreted the judgment call rules. Right. And how vastly different they were called from game to game. You know, everyone saw the personal fouls called on Brady and then not on other quarterbacks and how he seemed to get just regular tackles assessed as personal fouls and you know it upset a lot of fans. And I think it's all valid. We saw it pop up in the championship games too with, you know, the officiating in that game with the Bengals and Chiefs was, you know, a deciding factor in the last three minutes of that game, without a doubt. Yeah. And I, um, so I think that's what mostly the fans have had the biggest problem with. This is going to come down to that, too. How do they interpret it? Did I don't necessarily think they did not call a personal foul if a defender had one foot on the ground this year, if they felt it was some sort of, you know, targeting, um, launching type of foul in the secondary. Sure. If it's egregious enough. Yeah. So we'll see if this generates more personal foul calls or if it's just trying to clarify another difficult rule to interpret for the refs and making it, you know, well, a bigger part of the story. Max brought up a point earlier, and you mentioned that when they did the rule change for it being a personal foul for the running back or ball carrier to lower the crown of his helmet and how that wasn't really called. But here's where I think the distinction lies is that, Yet again, we have another rule change where the NFL is looking to assist the offense. And you know that if, just like in the Super Bowl, if there's a way to keep that drive moving, you know, can you imagine us getting off the field on third down and DeMario Davis is just being DeMario Davis and decleats somebody with a normal tackle? And then all of a sudden a flag comes in from the free safety position and the ruling on the field is that he launched with a foot in the air. You know, and the, the other problem, too, with that is that, you know, we thought maybe Sean Payton had some headway after the nola no call where P.I. was uh, reviewable. This yeah, isn't that gonna, was a joke. It was a joke, which means this isn't something that's going to be subject to review. You would think whether a guy launches off of one or both or none feet is reviewable, but... You can't review penalties. So you're going to have a situation. I mean, you know it's going to happen in a game where a play of consequence is going to happen where they call this one-foot launch rule on a guy that keeps an offense on the field. The offense wins a game. You're going to go back to replay and see that he tackled the guy with both feet on the ground. That situation is going to happen this year. It and could, but it's, it's already happening so much. So I don't know how much, you know, worse that that's this you know interpretation yeah, it's not of this get much worse at this point. we're dealing with this already i feel you like know, we say that every year it's not gonna get worse and then it gets worse yeah but with that said with all these rule changes too last year was a step back for offenses compared to compared to the pre previous years points per game things like that were all down slightly from last year from the pre previous years Okay. So I agree with you. I think what they're doing is trying to continue to incentivize offenses because yeah. they feel that that's what brings in the viewership the most and generates the most money. So It just seems to be like another situation where the defenders say, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know what's legal. I don't know. Well, it's almost impossible to play defense in the NFL at this point. Right. You know, and they're making it worse. 
And but Nick Nick touched on it, and the reality is, offense sells tickets. You know, the higher points totals, people love that. Like yeah, you know, most people would much rather watch a forty-five to forty-two shootout as opposed to a nine to six slugfest. I I get that as an objective fan take, but I don't want to be watching Saints versus Panthers this year and see Baker Mayfield have more time on the field. Well, that'd be tough because Baker didn't play for the Panthers. <laughs> I'm going to edit that shit out. No, leave it in. That's good. Tell me Bucks, more about Baker. The now. Bucks. The Bucks that are trying to tank. There I don't want to be watching yes. Saints Bucks and see Baker Mayfield. Do he not edit playing. this out, by the way. Yeah, fine. It, the, yeah. Uh, You're killing it. I don't want to see him have more time on the field because Demario is being Demario, or like no, but they want Marshawn to see Marshawn Lattimore comes in. How many cornerback blitzes do you see? How many times does a cornerback come in on a cornerback blitz and have two feet on the ground when he tackles a quarterback? How is that possible? I'm not going to get too concerned about this. Yeah, I, until to be I honest with you, I'm, I'm not either. I'm not I, I, think, I'm I think you're 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 overstating the uh, significance of this rule change. Talk, like, let's see it in action. Talk and, to me about the overstating when we're watching a game and it. Totally oh, we screwed, will. We totally will. And, screws we'll circles. monitor this the whole season. You know, yeah. this is uh, just like Baker Mayfield for the Panthers. I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we'll, <laughs> he was we'll, so close to signing with him. It's just like you know, in that that's where he is. But who cares? It's Baker. He's insignificant. No one's ever suffered any harm from Baker. They before, were not right? going to sign him back. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to reserve my comments about Baker. You know, he's a little bit of. Uh, Why are we reserving anything? I guess we don't have to. We can talk about the uh, debate. If we want to, you want to bring that up and explain to the listeners? I think you've already brought it up. But, I mean, I don't ever want to bring up that bet. I <laughs> ah, love that bet. You lucking out on him winning a playoff game. I don't just know about insane. luck, man. Gave you the double or nothing shot not to. but Yeah, so give, I guess we'll Give just, us a little background we'll on what happened. get now. into it. You know, I can't stand Baker Mayfield really at all. I think he's You terrible. can't stand him so much you don't even know where he plays. <laughs> That's exactly it. I don't care about the guy. And... uh you know, but this was back when he was like, you know, two weeks removed from grabbing his crotch on national TV. And I was telling Max he's not a leader. And, uh, you know, I said, wherever he gets drafted, it doesn't matter because he's not going to be able to lead an NFL football team to anything. And then the bet came up. So was, somehow you got it right and lost the bet. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty, pretty much, impressive. Pretty much. Max was like, bottle of whiskey that he wins an NFL playoff game. I was like, you think he's going to win an NFL playoff game? And his, no, he's not. He won't. And well, uh, newsflash, he did. And then he did. Yeah. And uh, but before that, Max well, Max gave me double or nothing that year. Um, gave me the option. Was it that year? It Either way, the, uh, you can thank your fellow alum Nick Chubb for him winning a playoff game. Yeah, I do have a, <laughs> a fellow. You Georgia people really look out for each other. Dog to thank for that one, but yeah. Uh, well, that's our take on Baker, the uh, new starting quarterback for the Panthers. Um, or Tampa. <laughs> What he's, a, he's a new starting quarterback in the NFC South. I said that deliberately, but you know. But the point is, I just think, look, there's rule changes that are great, but it's just like every year. There's there's some rule change that just does not does not need to be there. It doesn't yeah. make the game safer. Well, look, I think with the rule changes, let's let's let it play out. Let's see if it has an impact at all. You know, my guess is it's going to be just like the targeting for the offensive player rule where it just has not come into play at all and everybody was freaking out about it saying like how is a running back going to be able to truck a defensive back anymore without getting called for this and it hasn't been an issue at all so yeah we'll see it's also not surprising that they did not really enforce a new rule against offensive players but anytime there's a new rule against the defense 
Well, all we heard coming in was last two years was how they're going to up the amount of OPI calls, and you haven't seen any of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Again, the, the, so it's all I'll, what they decide to call or not call. You yeah, know. we'll we'll see what happens. Let's let it play out, and we'll go from there. Yeah, maybe I'll give it to Max. That uh, we we'll see how it works. Maybe you're maybe you're right on that, Max. I might concede just that once. Alrighty. What uh, you got for us next? I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really many other rule changes to speak of. I know also what was brought up at the owners' meeting, or at least in you know, relevant to Saints fans. Uh, you know, all the coaches are there. So Dennis Allen gave an interview, and he talked about Mike Thomas. And I feel like talking about Mike Thomas to Saints fans is like talking about your mom. People just get like really sensitive about it you know and the question was posed hey i mean people ask these questions thinking that the head coach is going to give them the answer that they want maybe they don't think he's going to give them the answer they want but he how how's mike doing is he going to be ready what was his exact quote and i'm not going to be able to do it verbatim but he said he's making progress in his recovery essentially that's all he's going to say right and that he wanted to give himself the out of look is he ready to go out on the field at minicamp we don't know that uh but i you know he ended it with a full confidence that he'll be ready to go when the season starts essentially so yeah, that leaves, I'll be honest that with you, i don't want to see him in training camp i don't want to see him in minicamp i don't want to see him in otas wrap his ass in bubble wrap just go ahead and put him in a closet on airline highway and just break that, break him but out for the first. He week does of the need season. a little time with Carr. I mean, they. I, 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 I mean, would say that, but he he didn't do I, anything last year I, in training camp, and I all will of a sudden, give you, three touchdowns in the first two weeks. Yeah, and it was with Jameis, and I mean, at least like the the best he looked was the the second half, and especially the last drive in that Atlanta game, and um, that was with Jameis. And now there was video earlier in the offseason that year of him working out with Jameis and getting some reps with Jameis. So don't, I agree with you to the extent that he's not in minicamp. He's not in Man, he's OTAs. a pro. He'll be ready to roll. I do want to see him in training camp with Carr. I kind of agree with Nick here. What do you think, Nick? I, I think he's a receiver that, you know, the accuracy matters and the timing matters. And if they are dialed in together, it can be something special. I think they need to be working together as much as possible. I don't think he needs to be taking on contact, playing in preseason games, any yeah, of that. Yeah. They need to be working together, figuring out the nuances. Yeah, give him the other. red no contact jersey yeah, and let fine. him practice. But he Do needs to be out there. In he needs to be running routes for Carr. Yeah. Carr needs to know where to put the ball where he likes it. No, uh, I agree with you. You know he's the contested catch guy. It's going to come down to the p- placement of the ball and his catch radius and. If they don't get any time together going into the season, it's going to be a slow start for them. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They need time together. They need to be able to work on their timing, get the routes down. I mean... Well, that's going to be the biggest thing because last year, like, training camp was very lax by all reports. You know, DA did not run a uh, Sean Payton-like ship at all. You know, it seemed like it was a very just... You know, we're going to get it done, we'll show up, and with all that, and they, they, they did not start off fast. So I think this year, you know, you'll see I mean, Sean Payton a, a was notorious show. for slow starts, though. Yeah, but Payton's training camps, man, they were tough. Right. Not only that, everybody was there for the OTAs. It's kind of like the flip side. Of, of I, I think there's something year. to be said about that. Everybody was there for OTAs, but I don't know if Payton was overly aggressive in, in camp in the beginning of the season. We seem to come out dead every year under Payton. It's interesting because he, uh, he had the overly aggressive persona. Right where the I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put a full banner of myself looking at y'all 
that says do your job. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I remember being. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was the year he was uh, suspended, if I'm not mistaken. And they put it up. But it's still. Like... But then he's also dancing in the locker room. So, like. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's still, was, man. I love Peyton. It's great, but let's not act well, like it was, was some was, dictatorship like yeah. Parcells That's or what I'm saying. Yeah, no, like, no, you know who no, else no, had no, banners no, no, of themselves? No, no. Like Saddam Hussein. I think you're confusing got... dictatorship with uh, with accountability. <laughs> no, no, no. The he re- held people the reality accountable. was Peyton was like every little detail went through him, man. Right. Uh, dictatorship. I don't yeah, know, that's man. fine. But it, like everybody pretty... knew who the boss was. They knew he was. The they man did know that a hundred percent. He did that very well. But like to say he was, you know, which look, I was fine with whatever you want to call it. Especially when we got to our first NFC Championship ever in '06, and we won the Super Bowl in '09, when we had the best looking team in the freaking league in 2011. I, if you, if he's a dictator, if he was a. a Whatever Supreme, it was, whatever, I'm fine. He wasn't he, right. Again, well, I'm just we're just, just comparing like we, the just, way Allen approached yeah. it to how he could approach. To me, he was not that style quarterback. He was very much a player's guy. He knew how to get the most out of him. He was very well respected. He held him accountable, no doubt. But it wasn't this like military style camp or or yeah. preparation. I don't know, man. It wasn't I think like there's that. there's some stories from the uh, the beat writers and all that talking about like the number of pins that are in a basket. Like he fucking would flip his lid if it wasn't the number he wanted like you know colors of things it's it just but that, it was that attention has to nothing detail. to do with like preparation and what we're talking about well it does have to do with preparation I mean, how many times did we start 0-4 what's that how many times uh, we started 0-4 there are a few of those how many times was we lost the first two games of the season i mean it, few of those we were are... not we were not quick starters we were not ready to go at the beginning of season i'll give period. nick I'll give that nick wasn't every year though that was a couple of them, a though. lot Peyton wasn't known for his strong starts, except for with the exception of a few seasons. Uh, and, but that's what he was great at. He would adjust. He would he would you know make you know fix the team the way he needed to, and we would always hit our stride. Well, look at 2017. We started 0 and 2, I think, and then that was the uh, the game in London, and there was all the stuff about kneeling for the national anthem, and then you know. Boom! They took off right. from that, point and he on. was excellent at that. But I think yeah. like a like a having them ready to go day one that was never really his thing. Yeah, it's almost like a tale of two. Other than the well, Super Bowl year, we started thirteen and zero. Tale of two coaches, <laughs> but maybe you know, maybe Dennis Allen was too far on the other side. Where you know, I think Peyton probably overworked him so much that maybe they had a more intense training camp than the season presented itself, and they had a slow start. And on the flip, Dennis Allen took things a little more easy, like Max said, and 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 so they just weren't. I think we can all agree that there was not the fear of God factor, at least as, as fan, again, like Nick said it last episode, we don't know anything. We're just speculating here. Yeah, we're we not inside the locker room, but it just, from a fan's standpoint, a fan's standpoint, it just seemed like Dennis Allen was not that guy that was instilling the fear of God in them. Like, like Peyton was. And I know we've drifted a little, <laughs> a little bit far off Mike Thomas here, but <laughs> I think it all goes back to, you know, when you hear news like this out of, and it's, in a freaking bubble like the owners meeting yeah that's no like are we are the question for y'all is are we worried about mike thomas no not at all okay and i think that's the nothing he said should make anybody worry about anything yeah so mike thomas segues into what i want to talk about next we're talking right now given that we were debating this so we wanted to talk about it yeah right now you know who do we think on our roster, because we're pre-draft, we're in that second, third wave of free agency. Who's our top three in the Saints right now? We'll let Nick start with this one. Top three players overall. 
Um, and they don't have to be in any order, but I mean, no, no, it needs to be in order. No, I think, we, I think we'll one. do it so we can, we can actually start with number three, go to number two, and then go with number one. Big unveil. All right, I'm gonna say number three. Pete Werner, talk, man. P. Werner, Demario Davis, oh. Marshawn Lattimore, all three defensive guys to me. Pete are, Warner, yeah, number three. We're talking about for this year. You're gonna to have to explain yourself. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but tell me why. I mean, well, actually, hold on, hold on. Before he, before he goes into it, give me your time. Yeah, let's three. not defend it. Let's take all three and then let's we'll, go all three and, and then, then we'll, we'll debate, debate it after and that. we'll argue about it. I mean, okay. So number three is Baker Derek Carr. Mayfield. Okay. Number two, because remember we're projecting for 2023, right? So three is Derek Carr. Uh. I don't know that I'm as heavy on the defense in terms of top three, so I'll, I'll I'll keep going. But number two would be Michael Thomas. Wow. Peak Mike is peak Mike, and there's just no denying it. We all agreed he was going to be ready for the season. So he's two. And then number one, I think he's your anchor. He's your new Drew Brees. He is DeMario Davis. Wow. Okay. All right. That's that. That is your... Okay. Your most well, consistent, your leader. Your, we're not your, talking about what they've done, though. We're no, yeah, about remember, for this we're year. going projection for 2023. Put DeMario, number one I, I, player I, I, for the I, Saints. This I year. know what we're talking about. Okay. He, he keeps it centered. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I'm actually going to go with Corey on my number three. I'm going to project Derek Carr to have a huge year. Um, I'm not, so I'm going to say he's my number three. Number two. Man, this is tough. I'm going to throw... You know what? I'm throwing Kamara for number two. He was, he was he's close. Not gonna, he's not going to play all 17 games, but I think the... So uh, let's call it 11 s- games. Second best player with only 11 games. If you're yeah, because I think the, the performance he's going to have, because now he's going to have a quarterback that can actually throw him a goddamn He will throw him the ball. A ton of them. Yeah, because we've had the last couple of years where Jameis cannot throw a screen pass to save his life. You know, and uh, he's just been the forgotten guy. And now with Jamal Williams be- taking over the uh, the Mark Ingram hammer aspect of the running attack, I think you're going to see Kamara get back to the uh, the satellite back that he was before, where he's going to have – I see him having 800 yards rushing, 800 yards receiving again, like he did in his first couple of years. And you're going to see him get up to, I think, somewhere between 12 and uh, 16 touchdowns. Number one, to me, is a no-brainer, Marshawn Lattimore. It's not even close. You know, he, to me, is the best player on the team. You know, Nick, you're, you're his number one fan. How old is he now? What is he, 20, 26 25, 26? I think. About to turn 26, I think. So he's 26, in the prime of his career, you know, shut down cornerback when he plays. I mean, the guy is incredible. Yeah, he, he to me, is, in, is the counter to Mike Thomas in terms of when he's on, when he's peak, you know, he was injured a lot last year, and I don't think we got to see the full. That was a weird injury for the whole year. That was but a it, rare injury too. That's not something something you see very often. But right, you're, I mean, you're right, Max. When when he's on, he's he, well. He's I, a I like lock, it though. We, we, our list were all kind of a hybrid of sure. each other. You know what I mean? And I, I think it also lends to the fact, you know, it's it's like the debate that happens every year with the MVP voting. You know, like you hear guys on ESPN or even local radio 
debate about, yeah, but who's the most valuable player? You know, we're talking about best, right? So we might have all varying definitions of the word best, but I think that lends into how we arrive at the players we arrived at at the the top three. I think, for me, DeMario being number one is a mix of being – it's a mix of value and talent to get to best. You know, if you want to say who's the most valuable player on the defense – to me, it's, well, hard, he's the not, biggest it's leader hard not of, to say DeMario. It is. Well, he's, he's the, the biggest leader, leader the on the team, for right. sure. But I also think he, unlike some other valuable players, you know, in the true sense of the word valuable, I do still think, even though he's, you know, people bring up his age and whatnot, I mean, gosh, I mean, he's such a baller. <laughs> I mean, look, he, I, he, he is. He, he compliments it with his ability. But look, and it kills me not to have DeMario or Cam. In the top three, but again, we're projecting 2023 season. And, you know, it, it, as much as it pains me to say it, there was a little bit of a, I don't want to, it's not a drop off because it wasn't that pronounced, but it was more of like just, just a, a tapering off yeah. in uh, the two of them, their performances. And look, you know, they're both 34 years old, I believe, for this coming season. And that's to be expected when you've been playing at a high level for as many years as those guys have. You know, Father Time catches up with everybody at some point. Yeah. And, and for those two are the leaders of the team, yeah. no doubt. But uh, I, I would – DeMario, I'd probably put it four if we would have gone top five. Yeah. You know. I, I don't want to – I do agree with Nick. I think Pete Werner's – I was just about to say, I don't want to let Nick get away with that so quickly. Pete Werner, Pete top Werner's three. awesome, dude. He is – I agree with Nick. I can tell thousand. you right now he was absolutely going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he, he was he, all pro. He had all pro yeah, potential yeah. with his before that ankle. Agree. I mean, agree. the way that guy was playing was out yeah. of control. Sometimes I we mean, can be prisoners of the moment and we forget. That was a lot of games to say prisoner of the moment. I mean, no, no, I, no. I'm saying like we can be prisoners of the moment for the moment when he was not playing. Yeah, you know, because yeah. is it, when a guy who was not the truth is, I, I'm the biggest Mario fan on the planet. Yeah, and and I have no problem with you picking him one if if he plays like last year, he you may consider him the best player even even at last year's pace. Yeah, but when they were both on the field together, the one who was shining was Warner. Yeah, until he went out and Demario took back over, that that was the guy making the impact plays. Because and you know what else though? I think Caden Ellis coming in and going on that tear. Over that that stretch when Warner was hurt, kind of overshadowed what Warner had done leading up to that point. But let's be honest, Caden Ellis came in. I think he had seven sacks last year, and was honestly crushing. He offenses. overplayed his potential for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, well, we'll see. They paid him, so we'll see. Look, they paid him, so we'll exactly we'll see. But I think that kind of made people forget a little bit about what Pete Warner had done that mm-hmm. season. Warner was yeah. the best player on the defense for a He was good... leading the NFL in tackles the week <laughs> yeah. before he got hurt. <laughs> you're so right. Yeah, you're right. He was the best player on the defense for most of the uh, first yeah. half of the oh, season. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's projecting more than it is off of, like you know, what we know we have yeah, in DeMario. Like your, but your definition of best is more of a projection yeah. versus value. Or well, ability. I feel he was the best defensive player we had the first 10 games. Well, how old is Warner? Okay. We talked 23. About the, he's 23, 23 years old. Wow. Jesus Christ. I thought he would have been like 25, but... So he's. I haven't checked it. Look, and, man, you know, <laughs> we can make the health but, argument. He put Kamara in. You know, where does the you put in Michael and, and Thomas? Look, I'm projecting with Kamara. P. Werner got hurt again yeah, two years in yeah. a row. So yeah, you're also assuming that won't happen. Well, um, I mean, I really Kamara was hurt and he's going to be yeah, suspended. Yeah. You know, we'll see where that goes. Michael Thomas hadn't played in three years, so that's a pretty bold pick by you. Top three. 
He's got 600 yards in three seasons. I agree with you when he plays, but now he's 30 coming off three straight, you know, injury plague seasons. He's 30. He's like 28 in NFL years. Let let me say this. I think think Derek Carr. I want him to be top three, 100%. That means great great things for us. Um, Or, you know, one, two, or three. But I think, Corey, you're probably on the same page with this in that I think Carr has a chip on his shoulder, Mm -hmm. and he's out to prove the naysayers wrong and honestly surrounded as of right now having Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, Juwan Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill. The fact that you're still naming names right now shows you how of a lineup to surround him with. And I'll be honest with you, man. I think, I think Carr is going to have a great year. I think he's going to really put up some numbers and people are going to, you know, they're going to understand that this, this guy is a, is a bona fide top five QB in the NFC, no yeah. doubt. And I think there's something to be said about the fact that, you know, you could objectively say that he has what he needs around him. Because how many times do we hear, you know, writers or, or, or personalities wanting to promote the chip on the shoulder guy? Yeah. Where he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's going to bring it with everything he has. Baker Mayfield's going to win a playoff game. Well, he won the one that Max needed. <laughs> but... It's a win's a win, my friend. What, you know, it, Derek Carr could have easily used the chip on his shoulder thing last year with Las Vegas, but the reality was he did not have... Well, he was coming year. off a great year. His rea- Well, but still, he could have said, great year, but I didn't get to where I wanted to go, which was multiple playoff Yeah, wins but you get a different chip when you get benched. My point is, it's one thing for us to say Derek that Carr's going to have a chip on his shoulder, but... It's another thing to say he's got a chip on his shoulder, and here's objectively why he can do something with it. And it's yeah. because of all the names you just mentioned. So that's yeah. why I feel good about that. I think that. the more important names than even that is that front five staying healthy. Because True. if you keep well, him that's standing, a question mark, though. he's gotten it done with people you've never heard of in his career. Yeah. I'm not that worried about him if you can keep him standing up. If they, if they protect him. With Kamara back there taking pressure up, he's going to check the ball down a lot. Yep. He does it a lot. He does it just mm-hmm. like Drew did. He's going to use all that. If he, if you give him time to to hit stuff downfield, the guy's going to succeed. He is kind of the anti Jameis in that respect. You know, everything. He's James, not going to jam it in there very often. Jameis was he's pretty protective of the look, ball. I, I love Jameis as, as you know the the person, the personality he brought to the locker room, his deep threat, but. And he had the strongest arm we'd seen at the Saints back uh, QB in a long time, but he definitely turned down a lot of intermediaries and a lot of checkdowns. That not not just like dump it off just to dump it off, but for twelve yards they would have helped. And I think I think you're right. Carr's definitely going to. Well, the short that. game is the the opposite of what Jameis is good at. Yeah, you know he's great with chucking it deep. He's a bombs away kind of guy. But when you're talking about checking it down, he's not doing it. Agreed. Who else? Who else on the list? You have a problem with any of Max's picks? You okay with Kamara top... in that top three? Well, I was going to say with Kamara, he hadn't been top three on the team in three years either. It's been a minute. The last two years he has not been. Kamara's but a little... the year before absolutely was a top three guy. Yeah. You can't deny. Breeze was still here that year. I'm banking on a comeback on Kamara. He has a, a little bit of what you know we talked about last time that Reggie brings to the table where – even if his stats aren't prolific, he scares the defense. He's a he's a game plan black hole for the other team. And I'm not knocking. I'm saying top three. 
projecting this year, yes. Yeah. You're saying 2023 to... minus six games, top three player. But to be a roster. top three, well, like Max says, he's one of those guys you you hope that he's uh, top three because 100%. if he does become your top three player when you do your post more the whole the year, yep. that means he will have had to have balled out yeah, in the I, second half of the year. I think with an actual running running mate in the backfield in Jamal Williams, like you're not going to see Carmichael jam Kamara straight into the, the line, you know, 20 times a game and just hope for the best. Yeah. I think yeah. now you're going to see him utilize more as a receiver. He's going to break some big plays. And I think, look, I, I see him having about eight receiving touchdowns. And I think another four or five rushing touchdowns. That's a lot for the second. But I will say this. There is one thing, kind of like you – there's two things that are this top three. I, I absolutely want to see at least – eight games with DeMario and Warner as our two linebackers. But the other thing I want to see, it probably won't happen until the second half of the year because of Kamara's impending. I'll be shocked if there's no six or eight game suspension, but I really want to see a touchdown celebration with Kamara and Jamal Williams. I mean, <laughs> those guys together. Pokemon themed uh, I mean, celebration. I really hope they, they mesh. They, they get along. I mean, you never know, but you know, the boom and zoom was one of the most fun things as a fan to watch with with Ingram and Kamara, but like Kamara's already kind of out there as a personality, mm-hmm. and then you've got an even drastically further out there personality in Jamal Williams. I I just want to see him celebrate together in the end zone. It's gonna be fun. Uh, I'm trying to think, this is a yes or no, but talk about the. With DeMario and Warner rolling out there. We only roll out two linebackers at a time. Yeah, yeah. Generally, yeah. They roll with nickel for the most part. But together... Well, they do like the the three safety nickel. Together, could no. could they be pound for pound, call it, since there's two, not four? Could they be one of the best groups of linebackers, pound for pound? In the league, you mean? And, and dare we say, could they be Dome Patrol light uh, at their we're best? We're not going there. There's no. four of them. We're not going there. <laughs> We're not going to go there. No, but this I, was I two Hall of like Famers one or on two that. years old at this point, but the Dome Patrol was a different There's piece. two Hall of Famers and two Borderline Hall of Famers yeah. on, on that yeah. Dome Patrol. Warner was looking at being an All-Pro. And Hold on. All-Pro and Hall of Fame are different things. Here, here's the thing. Here's but the thing. 23, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in a different episode, but the Dome Patrol... You know, 1992 Dome Patrol. You would have been, what, six, seven... Whole, how old would you have been in 92? I would have been, I think, about 35, 92. He's been yeah. 35 for 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's stock answer. But, okay. No, so- the reality is that 92 Dome Patrol linebacking core is the absolute best linebacking core ever on a field or a team together in NFL yeah. history. Yeah. I don't think I, you look, compare it to that. I you did, can't compare it to I that. I said light. I said no. light. No. No, I don't no. think you can. No. no. Um, zero calorie? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Not a chance. Demario's career isn't as good as three of those guys' careers. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and Demario's incredible. That's how good those three guys were. No, you're right. I mean, um, look, I threw it out there. Anyway, so I we think... We threw it back at you. So. You did. You uh, referenced my uh, my birth year, I believe, which is really good. I uh, was making sure you sport. were alive to see Really that. good sports fact-checking there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think we hit some good topics here. The top three is interesting. I mean, last chance. Does anybody want to change any of their top three? Stand by them. Nah, man, I'm rolling with it. No. Okay, let's. Uh, our biggest question mark of our top three. Mine's obviously Warner and yours, Max is Kamara. 
Yeah. I think the biggest question mark. What about Corey? Michael uh, Thomas, easy. Mike Thomas. Yeah. So we'll we'll bring this up later. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll mark re- this down. We'll, and revisit. we'll reassess it. We're also going to revisit those horrible rule changes too. And Baker Mayfield twelve more times. Carolina Panthers Carolina great. Panthers, <laughs> Carolina great. All right. Thanks for listening to the second episode of 28 to 3 podcast with Nick, Max, and Corey.